Welcome to Chewing the Fat with yours truly, Jeff Fisher. I know uh, today, January 29th, yes, it's my birthday. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm not going to tell you my age. Just think of how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were. That's how old I am. All right, so uh, more bad news from the FDA. Uh, they're recalling peaches, plums, nectarines. All the, all the peaches, plums, and nectarines sold at some Aldi stores, Walmart stores. Uh, look out. They could contain a listeria. 1,727 cartons of fresh peaches, 1,207 cartons of fresh nectarines, 365 cartons of fresh plums because they have the potential to be contaminated with listeria, monocytogenines. So I want to be exact of what, uh, what they could be contaminated with. So just let me say listeria, monocytogens. That was pretty close. That was pretty darn close. Now, while no one has been reported as sick to date, the recall was issued following a routine sampling program by the packing house, which found the finished products contained the bacteria, Listeria monocytogens. The affected fruit was sold at several produce and grocery stores across the eastern U.S. and California, including Aldi, Costco, and Walmart. Uh, FDA says fresh peaches, nectarines, and plums were distributed in Alabama, California, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, West Virginia, and Virginia. Almost easier to say the states that weren't affected. The peaches and nectarines are sold as a bulk retail produce item with the, uh, with the sticker PLU pound 4044. 3035-4378, showing the county of origin of Chile. I'm telling you, I mean, we could be in trouble. And, and plus, with the polar vortex, 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 vortex happening, I mean, the plums, the nectarines, the peaches, they're going to be frozen to death anyway. doesn't matter. But, you know, if you're keeping it warm in the house... Good luck. The polar vortex. 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 Coldest weather in decades. Decades. Now nearly 200 million people are going to be impacted by the polar vortex. Vortex. Now it's also uh, part of the winter storm Jaden. Now that we've started naming weather winter storms weather channel. Um, that storm is supposed to drop five to eight inches of snow, which is nothing. Come on. Five to eight inches, please. But part of the polar vortex, I mean, you're talking about, uh, cold. Some locations in the med- Midwest are going to be below zero continuously for 48 to 72 hours. The worst is yet to come. And uh, this is the an entire generation has gone by without experiencing this type of cold. And they're telling you to be careful. Don't breathe. Don't breathe deeply if you go outside. Cover all parts of your skin. Temperatures can cause frostbite in mere minutes. I'm not making fun of this, by the way. This is serious business. This is serious business. And if we remember, 
uh, during the day after tomorrow, which I love, by the way. I love that movie. Art Bell movie, by the way. Uh, that that movie, I mean, Polar Vortex, we want to talk about that. I mean, the, remember, that has one of my favorite lines in a movie in it from from uh, 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 Day After Tomorrow. Wow. No, that's Volcano. That's Anne Hayes from Volcano. But the other, the line from Day After Tomorrow, it's coming. No, I think it's it's here. Damn it, I got to remember which one it is now. It's here. I think it's it's the it's the scientist that he he goes back to his his base where they're getting all the the beacons and he it's here. He knows death. So he's just going to sip tea and whiskey and die. And yeah, it's it's, it's here. Um, I think that's right. I started it. Now I got to look it up. Look that up. Day after tomorrow with the it's here or it's coming. We got to get the audio to that. Now I can't remember the stupid what the guy said. It's either it's happening or it's here. And uh, instead of spending you know an hour looking for the audio, I've got the movie at home. So I'm just going to find the audio. We're going to play it for you tomorrow. I mean, it's the day after tomorrow. If that movie took a lot of heat, but I love that movie. And it also look it had uh, made like 186 million here in the U.S. 544 million worldwide. That's not a bad movie. That's that's not a bad movie at all. It's the art from the Art Bell book. Uh, it was it was uh, uh, Ian Holm was the actor that played the old scientist that they met. Remember they met in India at the global warming climate science meeting, and the vice president wouldn't listen. the The climate global warming summit thing where they all met in India. Yeah, yeah, they did. And Jake, I mean, it was tremendous. Uh, Dennis Quaid, Jake Gyllenhaal. Remember, because the, 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 uh, they end up surviving. I worked right across the street, Kitty Corner, when we worked in New York, up through the Manhattan Library. And so it's fascinating to see how they survived in the Manhattan Library, because, I mean, that's where I would go if the storm came and I was in New York right there, because that's the only place you could survive. You barricade yourself in and uh, start burning the books that didn't count and burn furniture that didn't count to keep warm and don't let that fire go out because the ice age is on upon you. And dad will arrive soon. He's going to fall through and he's going to lose his friend at a mall that has a glass ceiling. But he's going to survive inside of Wendy's. <laughs> the day after tomorrow, tremendous movie. All right. All that from Polar Vortex. Just don't breathe outside, man. Do not breathe outside up north because it's here. It's happening the day after tomorrow. So today, the FBI is closing the investigation on the Las Vegas shooting. Amazing. More than a year after the Bureau began digging into the slaughter of 58 people, uh, and wounding, according to this story, wounding scores of people. Uh, yeah, uh, it was more than scores of people. Okay. Uh, Stephen Paddock uh, fired 1,100 rounds from the 32nd floor of Mandalay Bay. 58 people killed, 851 injured, 400 of them by gunfire. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know. I don't recommend that happening to anywhere else in America. 
or the world, to be honest. But the FBI is like, eh, we're never going to learn anything else more. We don't know. We're done. It's over. And we also found out yesterday that someone, an anonymous donor, donated $62,500 to ensure that Las Vegas shooters' guns are destroyed. What? Why? Why do we want those guns destroyed? Why? I ask you. Can we get Glenn Beck to buy them? Because you uh, know he'll buy them. Well, that's what they're saying. That they they want to, they they don't know if they're going to uh, sell it uh, or just destroy it all. And I would venture to say that now this gives them an excuse to destroy them. Right? Get those horrific guns off the streets. We don't want them hurting anyone else ever again. And we don't want to have the ever be reminded of this horrific incident. I would say that we need to be reminded of this horrific incident. And I would also say that uh, I don't know that I buy the entire Stephen Paddock alone whole thing. I know there's conspiracy theories on top of conspiracy theories for the Las Vegas shooting. Uh, you won't be able to see those on YouTube for much longer because YouTube will ban them. They want to you know, help your experience soon. So if you want to re- hear about them and see about them, go to YouTube and watch them while you still can. Uh, that'd be fine. Uh, you know, I was going through, speaking of that, speaking of that, oh, oh, just one moment. I was going through uh, Facebook last night looking at some, just Facebooking, just Facebooking, that's all. And uh, I click on a story, and oh, I did a story. I did a story about spilling soup, all right, because I spilled soup last night in my kitchen. I was talking on the phone. There was a pot of soup on the stove, and it spilled. It. I had chicken noodle soup over the whole damn kitchen, and nobody, I was home alone. I was home alone. I didn't have any kids to holler at to clean it up. I didn't have any wife to holler at to clean it up. I didn't have any sister-in-law to holler at and clean it up. I didn't have the old man, my father-in-law there, to holler at and clean it up. I had to do it all by myself. And it was, I, I could have I cried. Okay? I could have cried. But, so I did the story on Facebook. It was a joking story. You know, uh, I, what, what was the, the, the post? So I posted, so... Am I the only one that's knocked over a pot of soup from the stove to the front of the oven onto the kitchen floor and no one at home to clean it up by me? I am? Never mind then. It was just, you know, just stupid post. Now I, and, I, and people were commenting, get get a dog. They were laughing at me, all kinds of stuff, which I thought, hmm, I bet I shouldn't have the dog here because I'm like, oh, no, when we did have my son's dog for a while, I didn't have to clean stuff up like that. Hmm, good idea. But, so as I'm looking at these, all of a sudden, this pops up, and I've never seen this on any of my posts before. Most relevant is selected. So some comments may have been filtered out. Dear Facebook, I'll do my own filtering, thank you. I want to see all of the posts. That's why I post things on your stupid social media account. That ticks me off. That ticks me off. So don't worry about finding things on uh uh, YouTube about conspiracy theories because they're going to take those away. And don't worry, Facebook is making sure that the most relevant is selected for you. And uh, so the, the comments that they feel aren't relevant are uh, are filtered out. And Twitter is shadow banning you, so Twitter is making sure that some of the posts that they don't that they feel just aren't up to standards or that you want to see are getting filtered out, so you don't have to see those. That's really nice of them. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeffy MRA. 
Facebook, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio, Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, and of course, you need to subscribe to Chewing the Fat uh, with myself, Jeff Fisher. You need to subscribe, rate, review. So uh, thank you very much. Subscribe, just subscribe, and then rate it 20 stars, review it, best podcast ever, and then you're done. And well, you can share it, too. You can take a second and just share it with someone and say, hey, thinking of you, you need to subscribe to this. That'd be great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Where was I again? Oh, yeah, Las Vegas shooting. Something's up with that. All right, so as we talked about yesterday, as heard on chewing the fat, and I don't want to, you know, toot my own fat, but I'm just telling you that uh, uh, this was you heard it first right here, okay? Uh, El Chapo. Joaquin Archivaldo Guzman Loera. Will not testify at the trial. I told you. I told you that. Uh, the, the prosecutors rested their case. Uh, after two months into the trial. And, uh, of course, the final government witness uh, talked about was a a DAA special agent. Uh, Afterward, the defense lawyers asked for uh, to direct an acquittal for El Chapo. Joaquin Archivaldo Guzman Loera. Uh, The judge denied the motion, uh, ruling that the prosecutors had presented more than ample evidence to show Joaquin Achivaldo Guzman Loera ran a continuing criminal enterprise that smuggled tons of cocaine, heroin, and other drugs into the United States. Defense team members said they have tentative plans to call just two witnesses. They are federal investigators and uh, Colombian brothers uh, and former uh, El Chapo associates who testified against the drug lord. So they're going to call them back. Now, they said that uh they el el uh, el chapo joaquin achivaldo guzman loera has opted not to testify uh it says here uh he announced his decision in court on monday because uh after they arrested their case uh they talked about to the judge and uh el chapo joaquin achivaldo guzman loera uh, said he talked to, uh, I talked to my attorneys and listened to chewing the fat. I will not testify. I'm sorry. Hey, there's a quote from uh, USA today it says, uh, your honor, me and my attorneys talked about this after we listened to chewing the fat. I will not testify. Now I look at, when I look back at the story, it seems like chewing the fat has disappeared, but I saw it there. I was sure it was there. He said they counseled me, and I agree with them. I know. I'm telling you, uh, El Chapo. Joaquin Achivaldo Guzman Loera. You're, you're lucky that you did. Uh, you listened to me. Because otherwise, I told you yesterday what would happen. <laughs> Done. You saved your life. And I actually, I saved your life. I mean, I know you gave the Mexican guy $100 million. I've already cut it down to 90 and so, I mean, I saved your life. You owe me. All right, $50 million. $50 million. And I, I promise that 
I won't. If you, if you don't want me to call you El Chapo and you'd rather have me call you... Joaquin Achivaldo Guzman Loera. I will call you that. But thank you. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm just tooting my own fat here. You, you heard it here first. couple of great stories for the break room, but let's go over to the break room because I am thirsty. So good. So a story from 2008 is back in the news because of a, well, a YouTube channel. Uh, The doctor uh, brought up the case uh, again because it was originally published in the Journal of Clinical Microbiology. And while I get the Journal of Clinical Microbiology, uh, for some reason I missed this this edition. And so I'm a little disappointed. I may have to write uh, the journal and say, you know, I want a refund. Uh, so a student in Belgium identified as AJ became sick after eating spaghetti and tomato sauce that had been prepared five days earlier. All right, so he makes spaghetti and and sauce, leaves it out for five days. All right, it had been stored at room temperature for five days. Now, the 20-year-old came home, popped it in the microwave, finally decided, I'm going to have my spaghetti and sauce. Now, he did put it in the microwave. You'd think that kills that kills everything, right? I mean, as, for as a 20-year-old, speaking on behalf of 20-year-olds, you think, I put it in the microwave, I'm fine. Immediately after eating, he left home. He had, uh, so he had some sports activities to do, according to the, the story. Uh, he returned 30 minutes later because and he had a headache, started to feel abdominal pain, he didn't feel good, felt like he was felt nauseous. He vomited profusely for several hours. At midnight, he had two episodes of water diarrhea. Don't forget we're in the break room, so don't worry about it. We're fine. We're in the break room. He did not receive any medication and drank only water. After midnight, he finally fell asleep. The next morning, 11 a.m., his parents are worried because he didn't get up. Goes to his room. AJ, AJ, dead. The po- Did you think it was going to be a happy story in the break room? No. The postmortem examination determined he had died at 4 a.m. Uh, and significant be serious. I think I need the computer name for that. A known food poisoning organism were found in samples of the leftover pasta. Yes, I was close. Uh, you know, significant be serious. Right, this is a known food poisoning organism. I I mean, duh. Um, And it was found in the samples of the leftover pasta. Now, typically, food poisoning just causes a little stomach inflammation, some nausea, some vomiting, maybe some diarrhea. doesn't typically cause acute liver failure. I'm not laughing about acute liver failure. That's nothing funny about acute liver failure, I tell you that. Caused by B... It's caused by B. 
serious. So I'm not laughing at all about that. Um, we can't find out which bacteria is causing the problem because culturing it would take days. And um, he doesn't have days because his liver quickly shutting down. Uh, but he's not the typical food poisoning death. You think? Takes a YouTube channel from a doctor to tell us that. Well, there's been other fatalities that have been documented before, but it's so important. So important. And this is why I'm telling you this in the break room. Okay? It's so important to be wary of food left out without refrigeration or anything that smells odd. You're welcome. Did you get this story from Keith? Why? Because he saw my food being left over here, and he said he was going to trigger me, but I didn't think it was going to be... I thought it was him, not you. So are you telling him that I need to put my food back on the fridge? All I'm saying is that although we cannot uh, incriminate, be... Serious. As a direct and unique cause of death, uh, you know, the present case illustrates the severity of the uh, emetic and diarrheal syndromes of the importance of adequate refrigeration of prepared food. So I need to that's, put my beef stew back in the fridge. What the, that's what the report said. Uh, so I'm just saying that, look, it's important to be wary of food left out without refrigeration or anything that smells odd. Now, I will say, that some foods that people like, particularly in this building, even good, they smell odd. So I'm willing to throw the whole damn thing out. Throw it all out. That's racist? How could not liking food be racist? He's saying, like, what well, people bring falafel, I bring my plantains. Are you saying this on the air? Me out. You're saying that in my ear, not on the air. You say it on, your head, on the air. Because it is not racist. I did say racist. Explain to the, on the air as well. Why does it sound like you're not talking on the air? Oh, probably because my mic was not pointing at my face. Oh, maybe you ought to talk right into the microphone. That's how it works. Broadcasting. Wow. Um, not liking a particular food is not racist. I'm sorry. If it smells odd to me, I'm not eating it. Okay, what is a food that smells odd to you? I don't know. Oh, see? I, I don't know. I have to smell it. Falafel. What is that? I know you hummus. don't have an answer. Now, there's some hummus, there's some hummus I like, and my wife makes it and buys some of the one company's hummus. I see, but that's, that's white hummus. I'm talking about like real hummus. See, you're the one making it racist. White hummus? I, I just, I, hummus. I'm just saying hummus. It doesn't, it's not sold to me as, hey, want to buy some white hummus? Yes, I do, please. Don't give me the black hummus. Are you kidding me? No, I don't want that Mexican hummus. There's no, it doesn't sell like that. What are you talking about? I'm waiting for an answer and I don't have it. So that means I'm right. Not liking odd food is not racist. I'm sorry. We all have, we all, all of us have what we consider odd foods that we don't like. That's not racist. I refuse to, I refuse that to be true. 
It's just not. It's just not true. It's just not like bougie sauces and stuff. That's not racist. That's just, just. Eh. What's a bougie sauce? Yes, it depends. Give me an example. I can't right now. It's just a, salsa. No, is that bougie? No, no a bougie sauce is the is the the hollandaise crap that they put on eggs and toast and stuff. Even Pat Gray loves it. That hollandaise. Oh, so sauce, you're racist that's for the bougie French sauce. If that makes me racist to the French, then I'm racist to the French. If if liking hummus that's billed as white hummus makes me racist, then you know what? I'm racist. But I refuse to believe that to be true. And yes, what did you say was the, uh, what did you call it? The hummus? No, the bougie sauce. Salsa? Yeah, bougie sauce. Ooh. See? Nasty. Racist source Mexicans. Nasty. Um, no, because I've I've had white salsa before. Oh, now it's white salsa. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're off this subject right now because it's going to get deeper and deeper into this racism battle, and I refuse to have this argument because it's not racist not liking food. Everyone has their choices, and if I don't, like a particular food because it has an odd smell it may be because it could cause me to have be serious or that i just don't like it All right, so you know I love truckers. I, I mean, I have a, I have a special place in my heart for truckers, and uh, I was happy to see that uh, Walmart is now hiring hundreds of truck drivers. They and they're paying them. I mean, almost ninety grand a year. So there's a trucker shortage, and Walmart, uh, according to this story, is up the ante. They're going to pay the salaries of eighty-seven thousand five hundred uh, on average. They've hired more than 1,400 new drivers last year, and they are uh, looking for a new batch of fresh drivers to keep it going. That is fantastic. Now, the American Trucking Association estimates there are 48,000 vacant trucking jobs. Wow. If you want to talk about looking forward to having uh, self-driving semis, there's your story right there. Now, the drivers are earn an extra cent per mile. They have a different way of paying you for you know your arrival times. So it all works out to about 89 cents a mile, which works out to just under 90000 a year. Um, the average, the median annual wage of most tractor-trailer truck drivers across the U.S., just under 45000 So, wow. Now, Walmart says it will pay employees... Uh, they own 10% of the truckers earn above 64,000, uh, which is, I mean, Walmart says it's going to pay their employees and that works out to 87, five. I mean, that's almost double. Wow. You want to, you want to drive for Walmart? Problem is here's the deal. Here's, here's the one issue. They're pretty strict on you being a Walmart truck driver and they've changed a little bit of their review status and, uh, how it goes on. So um, it's slashed wait times between the candidate's initial review and their mandatory driving assessment. They've cut that in half. 
and they've targeted one-on-one mentoring from veteran drivers to its new driver orientation practice. Okay, all of this is a departure from the company's old system. Their old system uh, was really difficult, one and done, and their test was so rigorous, only about 10% of the people who went through their test passed. Now... They've downed it and upped their test a little bit, so 80% of the people are passing under the new trial process. So let's hope that they still are, you know, I still want good truck drivers on the road from Walmart. I don't, I don't want, you know, the drunk on the road driving, pulling Walmart trailers. But to become a Walmart driver, you still have to not only pass the initial onboarding process and driving checks, you have to have 30 months of experience in the past three years, and a clean safety record. So you're going to have to be drug-free, and you got to be driving for uh, 30 months. you got to have 30 months' experience. So get at it. Man, I, I, I'd like to talk to some truckers about that, actually. I may have to do that. I'm filling in for Pat Gray next week. Oh. Shh. Okay, Pat's going to be off. And I'm going to fill in for him during Pat Unleashed. I'm going to have to get up really early. I forgot that the showtime was 7 Eastern. And boy, what an idiot I am when I said, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll fill in for you, Pat. No problem. What an idiot. Remember he does the morning show now? Dummy. Oh, yeah. That's right. Boy, I can't do it. Oh, too late. You already said yes. So maybe we get some, Maybe we have a trucker day on Pat Unleashed in the morning and I talk to some truckers about what's going on out there on the road and how they're doing. Because it's been a while since I've had a since I've had a trucker day, and I like to honor them. I love truckers. Anyway, there's an opportunity for you. Uh, good news if you're looking for work. There's plenty of work. You know, if you come to Texas, unless you're from California, you can't come here. But if you come to Texas, just joking, California. Just joking, but really, though, it's closed. And uh, if you come here, you go down to the Permian Basin, work in those oil fields, man. They'll hire, they're dying for workers. You can drive truck for them. There's another truck driving job down there in the Permian Basin. Now, again, you got to be, you know why they have such a hard time finding people? Because they got to be drug free. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you can call me a racist if you want. Because, because why they have to be drug free? Is racist? That's almost as bad as being racist because I don't like the bougie sauce. Almost. But, they're having a tough time finding people for those jobs. It's absolutely fascinating. Anyway, uh, I'm, it's my birthday. I'm supposed to go home and have, I think, like broccoli cake or something today because of the heart attack. Am I invited? I had uh, I had some news today that I didn't really expect. I, you know, I've been doing dental work and having dental work done, getting caught up because, you know, there's been some time where you miss and you have some cavities and you miss some stuff. I'm going to dental care, good dental care. And so I was supposed to have another dental appointment this week. Am I invited to the party? And I call and I uh, I say, hey, uh, you know, I know we're supposed to have this dental work done uh, on Thursday, but, uh, you know, I had kind of a heart event a month ago. And uh, she was like a heart event. No, well, seriously, my invited heart to the attack. And uh, she goes, oh, that'd be fine. We're just putting in fillings. You'll be fine. I said, okay, cool. I'll see you Thursday. And uh, then I get a call back on my voicemail. I should, I should actually just play the voicemail. Um, Jeff, 
Yeah. Um, I got to talking to the doctor after we talked to you. And the doctor said, we can't even touch you for six months because of all the medication you're on and the blood thinners you're on. Yeah, remember when they told you that if you cut yourself, you'd just bleed to death or a mosquito bit you, you'd have to carry the mosquito around on your arm or if you pulled it out, you'd die. Yeah, we can't do any dental work on you. I'm not sure if I'm sad or happy about that news. Happy, but am I invited to your birthday party? So anyway, I'm going to go home and we've got, you know, my kids got some kind of little birthday party planned for me. I guess they're happy to have me around still. And uh, I guess we're having broccoli cake. And can I come? Can I have a you know sweet potato, maybe a little bit of steak. Ooh, steak! You know, I like a little steak. steak and sweet potato. And uh, I think I am gonna have a cupcake. I'm gonna I break like down and have a cupcake. Me? I have a breakdown and have a cupcake. Can I have a cupcake? So, uh, can I come? I hope I hope everybody has a nice night, and I'll think of you at my party. I know you can hear me. Am I invited to your party? <laughs>